All right, well, I am here, and uh, by the way, Joe Silverstein is going to be airing on Wednesday, so happy 1st of July to you. I can't believe it's already July. You as well. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure, Alex. I, uh, I, I have you on often, and I love having you. You're from the Cornell Review. You're the editor-in-chief. First of all, um, what's, what's going on with the Cornell Review? How are you guys doing uh, as we enter July? The Cornell Review is actually doing very well. We just reformatted the whole website. I remember last time I was on, I mentioned that we had a few problems with the website. The website is fixed. Uh, the social media pages are growing, and I couldn't complain. It can't be better. And I know you've been having some issues of your own. So I think it's fitting we have this conversation because we are in now what I call Independence Week. We celebrate the freedoms we have. We celebrate July 4th on Saturday, but I think we should celebrate it all week long, I think you'd agree with that, uh, all year long, actually. And yet, here you are, utilizing your freedom of speech, and it's almost like you're being told you don't have freedom of speech. Tell us what you're going through right now uh, on your social media platforms. Yes, sir. There's been death threats. There's been threats of violence, threats to find and shoot me, and it's been... Totally unacceptable. So there's a strategy going around left-wing groups on Facebook. These groups consist of ten to 20,000 people, and the strategy of these groups and the sole purpose of their existence is to find conservative per uh, posts on social media and to target those conservatives. And that's what they did to me. They came on, thousands of harassing comments. They posted pornography. They posted a picture, a, a, an image, a cartoon of a child suffocating a baby, with the caption, die forever. They posted the communist flag. They posted death to America, sacrilegious things about Jesus, making fun of me for believing in Jesus, and um, terrible things that you wouldn't believe, terrible things that they did. And it's, it's laughable, but this is a strategy that the left is employing, and it's something that I won't be intimidated by, and I will never back down, ever, to this left-wing devils, these radicals on social media that are openly communist, that openly reject not just conservatism, but liberalism, openly reject the Democratic Party. And they say this. One of them said to me, they said, and I'll send you for verification the screenshot off the air. And if you want, you could post it for the listeners. Uh, they said in the comments, we're so glad you recognize that we're communists and not liberals because we are, we're not liberals. We're so different from the liberals and they get a lot of the credit for the hard work that, that we do. They posted communist flags. Um, so this is something that will be dealt with. Law and order has been restored to the page. Um, they actually called an African-American friend of mine, the N word. So sure. these are people, these are not people who are fighting for justice and these are weaklings is what they are. And they need to be exposed as such. Well, let me ask you about the exposure. So have they gone so far as to publicly release your address? Have they gone as far as to really make you vulnerable to to your your yourself, your livelihood? No, sir. They have not, thank God, released the address, Alex. But that being said, what they did do is post my private Facebook page uh, in their groups and say, go target him, go get him. And as a consequence of that, people came on. Uh, saying we'll beat the S out of you. I don't want to curse on the air, but we'll beat the S out of you. Uh, they, one of them threatened uh, to get in the bin, quote, get in the bin before he finds and shoots me. I'm not intimidated for my own safety. 
These are weaklings. These are nobodies. One of them, a hooligan, a thug, street trash, commented that the police, the man said, quote, it's time to kill all police. That's what he said on his Facebook page. And I will tell you, Alex, that law enforcement has been contacted and there will be consequences for people who have left threats. This is the United States of America. We're not communists in this country. We're not anarchists in this country. We're freedom Americans, and we'll fight for our freedoms. Joe, I got to ask you, though, because this was crazy how much the age ranged. You had an adult man who's an attorney threaten you as well. Tell us about that. Yes, yes, he actually was the one that posted me. So first I was posted in one of these groups. Uh, they shared it amongst each other. This man, this strange-looking fellow who I do not know and never met and never had any interactions with, um, came on my post and called me a buffoon, which I'm the furthest thing from a buffoon. This man graduated from a third-rate law school. I go to Cornell University. I had very high SAT scores, very high scores throughout my life and almost everything. I'm not a buffoon. He's a buffoon. It's laughable that he would even call me a buffoon. But that being said, he came on my page. He called me a buffoon. This is after the fact that he commented on my post nine times and he tried to put words in my mouth. And one of my Facebook friends, who's a liberal, by the way, who's not a conservative, who's a liberal, said, what are you saying? Why are you putting words in Joe's mouth? Joe didn't say that because the post, one of the posts, one of the many posts they targeted, but the post that initially they targeted was I said about Ilhan Omar. I said Ilhan Omar was graciously led into this country as a refugee, yet she calls our police, quote, cancer and quote, rotten which is true. She shouldn't do that, the lack of gratitude. But he came on that post and he said, oh, well, what are you implying? Are you implying that as an immigrant, she doesn't have the right to a First Amendment uh, um, speech, which is not what I said. So that's a comment not worth addressing. But he commented stupid things like that nine times. I didn't respond. Then he called me a buffoon. So I said a buffoon. So I responded to him. I said, you're a communist bum. You're a dirty bum. Go move to – and by the way, the man is Caucasian. Not that it should matter, but just for uh, any clarification because I know people like to say certain words are dog whistles. The man was Caucasian. I said to him, I said, you're a dirty bum. Go move to Venezuela if you want socialism because that's where you belong. And he took the comment. He reported the comment to Facebook. Although, why is he allowed to insult me and call me a buffoon? and defame me and and put words in my mouth. Facebook took down my response. They didn't punish him for sharing uh, my page with thousands of people who came on and did that thrust. This man is an attorney. This man is a lawyer. He should be debarred. He graduated from the University of North Carolina Central Law School. Joe, have you, the, have you, have you talked to the bar associate that approved him? Have you reached out and said, hey, here's what your attorney is doing to my life right now? I have not because I wouldn't expect any help from them. And also, um, cancel culture is not my thing. So I, I'm not contacting employers and him. He's self-employed. He has a crappy little business uh, mm. really running it into the ground. I could tell just from the website alone, no one likes him. He's an embarrassment to small business owners, myself included, who owned a small business at one point. But that mm. being said, so I'm not contacting the Bar Association or his employers, but I did post him on my Facebook because he posted me on his and he said, um, I want to he emailed me. He found my email on my LinkedIn page. He said, I just want to forewarn you that I posted you, uh, what you said to me on my page without the context. And he apologized in his email. He apologized in the email, yet publicly he still pressed forward and tried to get these people to harass me. So you know what? He's a disgrace. And the people um, who actually leveled threats to shoot me and other things 
those people will be dealt with by law enforcement and prosecuted. And I won't elaborate on that. But anyone who came on my page and made a threat will have hell to pay. I will say that for sure. I don't Joe, back down to these people, Alex. They want people to back down. That's why they bully conservatives on social media. Right. I refuse to back down. These people will be disrespected publicly by me. I will continue to speak out against them, and I will continue to stand behind the brave men and women in the blue uniform no matter what. Joe, you are a man of good character. You're not a buffoon. You, I listen to you on the air. I mean, you, you have a lot of intense Thoughts, sure, but they are almost every time certainly on point. But I've got to ask, how are your friends dealing with Thank this? Because you. you said you said you know you had one of your friends, and you're for people who are just joining. Joe's literally out of high school a couple of years ago. He's in college now at Cornell. Actually, it might have been last year that he graduated high school. I, I forget because I think you were going to freshman year last year, right? It was recent. I'm uh, just graduated, or not just graduated. I just ended sophomore year of college. I'm 20 years old, and yeah, I graduated in June of 18, so uh, pretty recently. So, you've got your friends already, and then you have all these other people, and your friends are probably like, Joey, what the hell's going on on your page? How has that been? Um, how much support have you gotten from your peers? Well, I have to say I've received a lot of support because during this happening, I made a private post to the people I'm friends with on Facebook. And I said, this is happening. We'll stand strong together. The post was widely received. It had uh, a large number of likes on it. And in terms of my friends, friends, and everyone's my friend, that's my friend, my followers, my supporters. I love them. They love me. And it's a great relationship that we have. That being said, uh, there are people that I'm friends with that took screenshots of what was said to me because there were thousands of comments that were totally inappropriate, uh, vulgarity, threats mm. of violence, things that most people would back down to. But I don't back down. But that being said, there were things that I couldn't get everything. I couldn't possibly screenshot everything. So I screenshotted what I could screenshot, and some friends were sending me screenshots of this is what they said. And um, some of my friends tried to actually go argue with them in the comments logically, which, of course, doesn't work. And no, it doesn't. one of my friends who's African-American, uh, I'll shout him out on the podcast, my friend Tim Maris, uh, one of them actually called him the N-word. They referred to him as a house bleep which was so disgraceful and so disrespectful. Uh, they've said misogynistic things to other friends who are females. These people are terrible people, Alex, and I'm not going to back down to them no matter what. Again, I have to keep reiterating. Joe, not only do you not back down, you take lessons at the gym, you box, you actually literally take uh, self-defense courses. So when you're doing all this and actually getting physically ready in case something happens in the real world, you got all these keyboard warriors. Um, do you think they'd actually take you on in a fight or are they just saying all this stuff? I mean, is there any veracity to any of what they're saying you think, or are they just keyboard warriors or, or is that why you keep training yourself to defend yourself in case someone does become a reality? They would have no chance. It would end very badly for them, Alex. And you and me both understand that. Uh, no, I've done martial arts my whole life. And, um, you know, in martial arts, I spar, I fight, and I'm not claiming to be Chuck Liddell, but certainly with regard to these people, I'd handle myself very easily. In a mob, they think they're tough, but you look at them individually, and I have some of the pictures of them, some of the ones that posted more egregious things. And um, let's just say they can't figure out their own lives, and I'm not going to get into too much detail because perhaps it wouldn't be politically correct, but these men are not the toughest, we'll just say. And hmm. one by one, they wouldn't stand a chance. That's why they have to go together in groups. They're, they're Twitter warriors. 
And I have no fear for Twitter warriors, for Twitter thugs. Joe, you know, this comes on the same week that this couple in St. Louis is being blamed for defending their property against those who trespassed. I mean, any normal homeowner would want to protect their property, and yet here they are being villainized. It really is backwards, just like Facebook removing your comment, not the hateful ones against you. And also put a warning on my account, by the way, but you're absolutely right about that. And the New York Times headline was a disgrace saying white couple points guns at peaceful protesters. First of all, the crowd was not all African-American. There were plenty of white people in that crowd. So why the New York Times makes it like it's a racial thing of white people pointing guns at minorities is ridiculous. Number one. Number two, the protesters, quote unquote, were not peaceful. They broke down a beautiful barricade, a big, strong fence to get into a gated community that they weren't allowed to be in. They broke it down. They were walking on their property. And that brave man and that brave woman, although they didn't look that they were the best trained, perhaps, in the way that they were holding the guns, but that's a different matter. But they bravely went out and defended their property. So, you know what? If the police won't defend property, the people will. If the politics Politicians won't protect the people. The people will protect themselves. And that's why you saw in New York a a beautiful moment when that elderly woman, and she'd be offended if I called her elderly. I could tell by the personality and by what she said. But that Italian uh, woman, she got in the face of the protesters by the Theodore Roosevelt statue because they were going up to her and saying, you bigot, that you this, you that. And she went right back at them. And when that little scrawny, uh, skinny, fat white kid from American University went to go get chest to chest with this 80-year-old woman and scream in her face, a great black man stepped in between the protester and the counter-protester and protected the old woman. And you know why? Because at the end of the day, most white people don't stand for this. Most black people don't stand for this. Most Hispanic people don't stand for this. People don't want this Marxist crap in our country. They don't. Hey, you know, this reminds me, and I hope it's not a dog whistle of sorts, but it just reminds me how these white protesters and BLM supporters, I I mean the white ones, are looking so... Not what they're preaching. Um, they want blacks to be treated equally, but the moment the an African American speaks up for themselves, they silence them. Isn't that anti what they're trying to, to to do here, or are they just proving themselves to be a complete liar in their movement motive to join the movement? No, it's nonsense. It's radicals of all colors in the BLM movement. And not just the people on the ground, because a lot of people don't even know what the organization stands for, although a lot of them do. But the organization itself, the guy was on TV, the co-founder, saying we're going to burn down the system if we don't get what we want. And then, of course, in addition to the radicals who perhaps uh, don't love the country, you also have the radicals who are idiots with the white savior complex that think they're doing the minorities a favor by financing the destruction of black lives. They donate to the bail funds. We spoke about it last time. Yeah. That's not helping black people. Yeah. That's hurting black people. Well, and, and to hammer down on the point, because I don't think I made it clear enough, it's just amazing that African-Americans are trying, black people are trying to get their word out and they're being silenced. It's just so mind-blowing to me. Uh, unless, of course, they agree. But when they disagree, they're silent. It's like, Come on, guys, your, your, your cause is now a joke if you're silencing the very people you are trying to supposedly support. Yeah, I agree with that 
percent. Well, and this these threats that you have had actually make me go back to when Schumer said, you know, if you don't do what we do, what we want you to do, Gorsuch, you don't know what's going to hit you. You don't know what's going to hit you, Kavanaugh. This is what people are so afraid of: is that these leaders are actually encouraging physical violence. Would you agree? Not only are they encouraging it, they're celebrating it. They're egging it on. I just did an article in the Cornell Review where Chris Cuomo said, where does it say that a protest has to be peaceful? He said, it says it in the First Amendment. We have the right to peacefully assemble. We don't have the right to burn things. We don't have the right to shoot police officers that in Tulsa, Oklahoma right now, not one national news source has reported it, that there's two cops in critical condition that got shot two days ago. Where's the coverage? All you get is coverage of a police officer who was forced to shoot a man who shot an electric taser at his chest and Mm. the guy is facing the death penalty and he has $500,000 of bail. And this is the country we live in where people are calling the police officers pigs, where they're calling uh, white people ethnic slurs. It's disgusting. It's un-American. You've got got Harlem at 345 in the morning seeing them throw... At the at the cop cars, and that's perfectly okay to, in some eyes, which is mind blowing. Not me as well. only that, absolutely. And to add on to what you said, De Blasio won't crack down on it. Crime is up over four hundred percent in this city. De Blasio won't crack down on it. You want to know why? Because his darling daughter was out there, and she got arrested for throwing things at the police officers. And what did De Blasio say? That he got sued in court, and he lost. I'm very happy that he lost. And Cuomo lost. You know what de Blasio said? He said, oh, well, I understand you want to open up your mom and pop business, but it's just not as important as people protesting 400 years of oppression. Well, you know what, de Blasio? You don't have the right to tell people what they can and can't protest. Since when is the mayor, since when is the government the arbiter of what constitutes a speech that's acceptable under the First Amendment? How dare you? And you know what? Cuomo should have replaced him during the coronavirus because he was a total incompetent. Not that Cuomo was any good himself. He was celebrated for for a month and a half as, as New York's uh, best governor in the history of the state and as America's governor. And we even for a short period of time gave him some credit as uh, conservatives, as right-leaning people, as independents. But you know what? It came out. The reason the death toll was so high in New York and consequently the reason it's so high in America, it's not all Donald Trump's fault. Donald Trump's done a great job getting testing. Has he been perfect? No. Could it have improved? Yes. But the biggest disaster anywhere in the world for this virus was New York. And why? Because that schmuck, that Mook Cuomo, sent them to the old nursing homes. No, Send and corona-infected patients to the nursing homes. A contagious respiratory disease. And this schmuck, this mook, sends them into the nursing homes. No, it is it is horrible that they have not only sent them, but then claim that it is um, CDC guidelines that they do that. I don't think that was exactly true. I think New York could have done what they needed to to, to prevent that from happening. Of course, they didn't. Now, one of the things I would say about leaders encouraging violence. I mean, we can't ignore that Trump, candidate Trump, did say, you know, if you hit someone, I'll pay your fine. But as president, he grew up. It just seems like the Democrats not grow up since 2016, and it's showing right now. Well, I will tell you this. I'm privy to some conversations, and 
perhaps I shouldn't go into details because it, it's private conversations and it's people at uh, the university and I don't disclose private conversations for the purpose of making people look bad. But I will say that in, in academia, uh, the talk is still about whether or not Trump will accept the results of the 2020 election. The Democrats didn't accept the results of the 2016 election. They still haven't three and a half years later. And here we are, the same cycle. Is Trump going to accept the results of the election? It's ridiculous. The mail-in voting is a fraud, and we all understand the threats involved with it. Uh, But, you know, it, it is what it is. At this point, my hope for an elevated discourse is not very high. Uh not me either, but I, I, you know, you have this platform for a reason to try and make something work, right? That that's always how I see it. Um, these protests versus the rally, I do think the rally is getting so much more coverage than the thousands we saw every day, than the looting, than the rioting, and it, it's making me sick, to be honest with you. Well, I, I mean, mean, De Blasio held, doesn't even want the small business owners to open. He How's held, he going to like a Trump rally? He held one rally in all of this. And how many days of rioting was there, right? That's that's the big comparison I'm making right now. Absolutely. And just to add on to what you said about the rioting, it's something we touched on briefly, is de Blasio's handling of everything. De Blasio told the New York City contact tracers not to right. question whether or not people have been at a protest. So when they say there's no evidence that the protests are the cause of the spread, because they're not asking the question. Because de Blasio doesn't want them to look bad because he agrees with them. He sets up a reconciliation committee that sounds like something out of an Orwellian uh, dystopia. The wife right. goes and says it would be a harmony without the police. They cut a billion Nirvana. dollars to the she police budget. She called it budget. Nirvana. Nirvana, she said. That's right, Nirvana. I, I thought it was Nirvana. I wanted to get it right, though. So I said harmony. I didn't want to be too specific and get it wrong. But, um, you know, it is what it is. We have incompetence. We have an incompetent mayor. And I'll tell you this. Uh, there's a lot of people that could do a better job as mayor. And one of them is John Katzmatidis. And I hope mm-hmm. he runs because he would make a great mayor, perhaps one of the best in the history of the city. Well, uh, there's no doubt he would bring a different mindset to City Hall that we need. I mean, For one thing, none of us, if we were in office, would say, yeah, you can camp out of here and make Occupy City Hall. Who would want that in front of their office building? Except de Blasio seems to want that, which is expected, I guess, at this point. Well, the other thing is the fireworks have been ridiculous. I mean, it took everyday New Yorkers to go out there and beep their horns outside of his residence, um, you know, endlessly overnight for him to try to do something something about the fireworks. And the last I've heard, they're still really bad in many parts of the city. It sounds like a war zone, which is perhaps what many on the left wanted. They wanted this to be a third world country. They think Marxism works if they do it their way, if they do it better this time and fairer. But it's not going to work. It's never worked. And anyone with half a brain in their head understands it. So and here's the debate with that. Right. And there's been a bit of a theory, all the NYPDs behind this. And here's my thinking. Well, if they made one arrest for the fireworks. Like if they made arrests on the fireworks. People will be upset that the NYPD was arresting someone for this. And I'm just like, and not all people, but some on the radical side would be upset if the NYPD. So how can you then throw it to them? I think it's projecting when you put out that they're doing it. You're projecting and trying to divert it from yourself, actually wanting it to happen. 
Well, first of all, I would want to say there's a lot of nonsense being pushed to cover for the Marxist, and it's not being pushed by the Marxists. It's being pushed by the friends in the media who sympathize with them. And it's to say, oh, well, if a shooting happened here, there was a shooting that killed a 16-year-old in Chaz and left a 14-year-old in critical condition. Mm. They said it was a white supremacist. It was. It turned out it wasn't. A photographer inside of Chaz, I believe it was Chaz. It could have been somewhere else where it was crazy, maybe Portland. But I think it was Chaz. But regardless though, it came out today that a murderer who shot a photographer, one of the protesters shot a photographer dead. And they said, oh, the protester was uh, the man that shot the cameraman was a white supremacist. If they blamed it was a white supremacist, the guy comes out. He's a Black Lives Matter supporter. He's African-American. And how is he a white supremacist? So everything's being blamed on white supremacists and police. Who believes that the police are going out and setting fireworks? It's nonsense. It shouldn't even be accepted. It should be just looked at as just what it is. Totally ridiculous. Stupidity. I just get all my brain wrapped up in it because I'm agitated when they try and blame the NYPD for even this. It's like, no, no, we're not going to let you get away with blaming them for this. You know something? I also would like to say the NYPD on the ground people, the everyday police officers are New York's finest, period. Mm. They're great. That being said, the chief at the very top, the one that deals with de Blasio, um, has not had their backs and has not spoken out publicly as much as he should have. And you know what? Uh, Bernard Kirk and many others as chief would have had their backs of their cops too because what the chief's done... The PBA doesn't even like it, what the chief's done. The chief you mean the commissioner, appointee, right? political appointee yeah. by de Blasio has been totally um, you know, complicit in de Blasio's mishandling of the situation. And de Blasio is a lost cause. There's no point even criticizing him. The man is, uh, is a disaster. Joe, I've got to go back to your – and by the way, when Commissioner Shea started to agree with a lot of the stuff, I kind of was frazzled by that too. That's right, back. the commissioner. I meant the commissioner, not the chief. I meant to say commissioner. How are, how did they find you out, though, these mo- these online mob rulers? How did they find you out? That I still don't know, but their operation is seek and destroy. What likely happened, considering that I have, uh, I would say, a large for you know an average person, what would consider large, a fairly large social media presence, but it's not a, it's not. 100,000 people. I have 2,000 people on each platform, essentially. Um, You know, so one of those 2,000 people probably was a radical and probably shared my information uh, in these group chats. But these group chats, uh, I know of about three to four of them. The main one that I first discovered was, quote, conservatives are threatening us with a good time again. That was the name of the group chat. But they target systematically conservative posts and right-leaning posts, anything that doesn't conform to their agenda, essentially, and they go targeted. So I don't know who initially uh, put it out, but I will say first it started with just a handful of comments, which is what has been happening over the past few weeks, by the way. I've noticed a few like handfuls of just strangers commenting, and I'm like, who is this? I don't know this person. But, you know, when it's four people, you don't really think much of it. But then all of a sudden it exploded when I told the lawyer what I told him because he came on and said very nasty things, and I told him, you know, he's a dirty bum, which he is. He just looks like one. You saw his picture. He looks like a real sleaze of society. There's probably uh, a lot of things people should look into about him. He looks like a strange character. But that being said, though, he went and called me a name, and I called him a name back, and he only took what I said back to him, and then he shared it 
on his pages and said, go get him. And he emailed me with my email, my university email address, which he has no business emailing me from. He's not a member of the university. I don't know how he obtained it. He obtained it going on my LinkedIn page. He doesn't belong on my university email, but he emailed me saying, literally using the terms, I want to warn you. Um, I want to warn you that I have a substantial audience and there may be consequences. So, you know what? And he spoke very proudly about, oh, well, there's consequences and this and that. Well, you know what? The people who posted death threats, there's going to be consequences for them too. A lot of people are going to end up in handcuffs. I don't Joe, tweet law and order. I do law and order. And that's that. Joe, I got to say, this brings up a different, conver- a bigger conversation. Because I know that the lists that all of our usernames are on are hided, right? Are hidden. So I've heard that people can just put your name on a list or something like that to to keep track of you, which is really out, outrageous. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm sure they are keeping track of me, and uh, I hope they enjoy because I won't be silent anytime soon. You know, you do sound sometimes like Trump. You're very, very, you know, go go forward, not letting people stop you, and that, that is admirable, actually. Well, I, I definitely appreciate it. It's been a trait since long before Trump came along, but I, I would I would respect the comparison. I don't try to sound like Trump, but if I no. sound like Trump, I'll take it. <laughs> uh, so where do we go from here? I guess my next question is, what do we do to support you in this effort to stay safe? Well, with me, the effort to stay safe, quite frankly, um, is something that's being dealt with again with the law enforcement community and there's been actually the police reached out to me about it because they found out through a third party, but I'm not going to get into the specifics. That being said, um, in terms of supporting, I guess, other conservatives, we need to all speak out about this and about what's happening because look, I'm not going to be afraid of these people. I've dealt with pressure all my life. I've been in the public eye since I'm in middle school. So to me, this is nothing. I've overcome so many battles in my life and this is absolutely nothing. But that being said, though, there are people, strong people, smart people, tough people, but who don't want to deal with this and who will delete their Facebook pages and and go private because of this and be silenced because of this. And this is the goal, just like it's happened in other uprisings throughout history. So we have to continue to speak out very vocally, very uh, loudly. Later in the summer, I'm going to be looking into maybe doing some sort of a uh, proud to be an American rally somewhere in New York City. We're going to look into that. And I think we need to just do that. I don't like the term activism, but you have to be activists. You have to be pro-American pro-free markets, uh, support your political beliefs, support your president outspokenly, and do not go quietly into that good night. Do not let these people bully you into submission because silence isn't enough for them. They say silence is violence. So you could stay silent for as long as you want, but after they're done with the loud ones, they'll come for you if they have their way. So these these people, these left-wing radicals, these open communists who post death threats, who post horrible things of children getting suffocated and horrible things about mm. how they worship the devil. And these are all in the comments, disgusting things, uh, sacrilegious things, uh, pornography, all types of things. These low lives that post all these things on the pages to try to silence people. You have to act out in defiance of them and speak out in defiance of them. Well, and I've got to say one guy that you are hoping picks up on this is Mr. Andy Go. And for those who don't know, Andy NGO was attacked by Antifa up in Portland. And I think you probably feel a bit of a 
simpatico, if you will. You you understand where he's coming from now because he physically felt it. Uh, has Andy reached out to you since you pointed this out to him and tweeted at him? I have not heard from Andy, uh, but the tweet picked up a lot of attention. It got retweeted by uh, Andrea Katsimatidis. It got retweeted by Professor Kala at Cornell, who is a very prominent professor. He has 53,000 followers, and there's an effort to get him fired from the university because he's spoken out with his libertarian and conservative beliefs. It got retweeted by a lot of people who are you know, prominent on Twitter, and it picked up some steam. So whether or not Andy will see it, I don't know. Uh, whether or not any other news stations pick it up or not, we shall see. But the fact is, the American people know what's going on. They know they have to defend this country because this isn't just a fight for the soul of this country. This is a fight for this country. This is a fight for your property. So that's that. We have to support this nation. You know, this is the greatest nation in the history of the world. God bless this country. And on that note, what a way to to wrap up this. The first day of July, first, you know, third day of Independence Week. I hope you have a great one for the fourth, by the way. Any, any fun plans you got? Uh, probably a barbecue with the family, you know, typical stuff. You got to be a little careful this year because of everything that's going on, but it'll be fun. It'll be fun. How about you? Uh, not sure yet. We'll see where the, the wind takes me on July 4th. Let's put it that way. So, gotcha. anyway, well, brother, we're proud to be Americans, my friend. Absolutely. Always. And these firework displays, I know people are kind of bashing them. I love them. I think that even if it's, even if it, Jesus Christ, literally right next to me. That's what that is? That's the fireworks? That's fireworks. What the hell? Right next to me. Can well, you hear that? To have a... Yeah, I hear it. It sounds like someone's banging on your door. It's well, great to that's have that wild. In the it's yeah, right it's next to us. Anyway, to have these displays on the rivers uh, for the whole week is pretty neat. So, well, uh, I like that instead of the illegal shit we just heard. So, anyway. That's true. If it's legal and it's pro-American, we support it. Amen. Uh, uh, Joe, take care and, and God bless. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much, Alex. I'm Alex Garrett. We'll talk to you soon.